So let's talk about the Holy Spirit. Do you think of the Holy Spirit more as a he or an it? Do you think of the Holy Spirit more as a he or an it? And how would you even know if you thought of the Holy Spirit as an it? Well, here are five signs. Here are five signs for you. First, there's the obvious, is if you've ever referred to the Holy Spirit as an it. Um, I've been terrified, as I've been working through this sermon, I've been terrified that somewhere in the middle of all this, I, I will pull an it. And I'm like, no, it's a he. See, there it is. He's a he. Okay? So there's, the, there's one. Second, you think of the Holy Spirit maybe as a little less than the Father and the Son. Maybe a little below. Third, you picture the Spirit more as a force, a feeling, or maybe an expression of God. Or you don't pray to the Holy Spirit. Or lastly, you just don't think of the Holy Spirit much. You see, any of those could be signs that you see the Holy Spirit more as an it than a he. More as an impersonal force rather than a personal God. Now, it's very understandable if you do. For we, all get the idea, we all get the idea of a father and a son, dads and boys. Okay. But a spirit, let alone a holy ghost... That's the stuff of Ghostbusters movies and Halloween, not church. Or there's the fact that the Bible is not nearly as clear about the Holy Spirit as it is about, about the Father or the Son or other theologies. In fact, in all but a few passages in Scripture, the Holy Spirit is more in the background than the foreground. And lastly, as we just saw with the Athanasian Creed, even the early church took a few hundred years to really figure out and verbalize the doctrine of the Holy Spirit. So all of this raises another question. Does it really matter? Does it really matter? Could the Holy Spirit be an it? See, now, the Bible clearly describes the Spirit as empowering, leading, dwelling in people. And all of that could be done with a force. Heck, in the Star Wars universe, all of that is done with the force. So why is it so important that the Holy Spirit is a person? It's because you can't have a relationship with an it. You can't have a relationship with an it. Don't believe me? How many of you have named your cars? See? Busted. It's true. And if the stats are true here, 56% of you have named your cars. It's what we do. Why do your kids name their stuffed animals? Why do Papa and I have a giant box full of clothes for our dogs? <laughs> True story. <laughs> it's, 
It's because we can't have a relationship with an it. So we humanize. We anthropomorphize those things that we have deep relationships with. Our cars, our stuffies, our pets. See, I bet some of you guys have even named your fishing poles. It's true, yeah. This one's Master Catcher. That one's Roderick. And this here is Captain Hook. <laughs> Come on, you know you've thought about it. Why do we do all of this? Because we can't have a relationship with an it. So if you think of the Holy Spirit more as an it, you're not going to be able to have a relationship with him. And this is critical because Christianity is fundamentally a relationship. It is not a list of do's and don'ts. It's not church participation. It's a relationship with a living God, a relationship with the Father, with the Son, and with the Holy Spirit. So my goal today is to help you believe and relate to the Holy Spirit as a person, not just an impersonal force. See, and when you do, when you do, he can make your faith stronger, your wisdom deeper, and your work more powerful. So if I'm going to talk about the Holy Spirit as a person, well, I have to start by defining what defines a person. You might think it's arms, legs, a heart, a mind. But that's not really how the Bible talks about personhood. So theologian Miller Erickson, one of my favorites, one, he wrote one of my favorite uh, commentaries that I, I read often. Uh, he defined personhood as consisting of intellect, will, and emotion. Intellect, will, and emotion. And throughout the Bible, the Holy Spirit demonstrates all three of these. So here's a little crash course on the personhood of the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about intellect first. Intellect. In 1 Corinthians 2, 7 to 11, it says this about the Holy Spirit's intellect. No, we declare God's wisdom a mystery that has been hidden and that God destined for our glory before time began. None of the rulers of this age understood it. For if they had, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. However, as it is written, what no eye has seen, what no ear has heard, and what no human mind has conceived, the things of God, the things God has prepared for those who love him, these are the things God has revealed to us by the Spirit. The Spirit searches all things even the deep things of God. For who knows a person's thoughts except their own spirit within them? In the same way, no one knows the thoughts of God except the Spirit of God. The Holy Spirit has intellect. He knows God's thoughts, God's mysterious wisdom. He searches all things. And the Spirit can reveal that knowledge, that wisdom to you. 
allowing you to have a fuller experience of God, allowing you access to wisdom that us mere mortals normally don't have. But that's a relationship with the Holy Spirit and his intellect. Let's talk about the will. The Spirit has a will. John 14, 26 tells us that the Spirit teaches the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I have said to you. If you're forgetful like me, we need more of the relationship with the Holy Spirit. Acts 13.2 says that the Spirit speaks. While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set apart for me Barnabas and Saul for the work to which I have called them. If you've ever wanted to hear the voice of God, have a relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit. Lastly, Romans 8.26 tells us that the Spirit helps us and prays for us. The Spirit helps us in our weakness. For we do not know what, for, uh, to pray for what we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. Now that is comforting that the Spirit can pray for me in my really dark time. You see, throughout Scripture, the Spirit is seen teaching, guiding, regenerating, searching, speaking, leading, commanding, testifying, illuminating, revealing. Those are all actions and ministries that a person does. Even the force couldn't do that. That is not the force you're looking for. But the Spirit is. Lastly, emotion. One more element of personhood. Did you know that you can make the Holy Spirit sad? It's true. Listen to Ephesians 4, 29 to 30. It says this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. And do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. When you hurt other people with your words, you hurt the Holy Spirit. Scripture tells us that the Holy Spirit can be quenched, resisted, blasphemed, even lied to. None of that exists with an impersonal force. You can't lie to gravity. You can't resist gravity. You can try, but trust me, gravity always wins. But that, that stuff happens with a person. These are things that happen in relationship, not physics or even metaphysics. So the Holy Spirit has intellect, has will, and has emotion. He thinks, speaks, acts, and feels. And he wants a relationship with you. You can't have a relationship with an it. But you can with the person of the Holy Spirit. See, and if you don't, if you don't have a relationship with the Holy Spirit, you can have the Holy Spirit in you 
if you believe in and follow Jesus Christ. You have the Holy Spirit. But just like you can have a neighbor you don't know, or even a roommate you don't really know, you can have the Holy Spirit in you but not have a relationship with him. So when you don't, some disastrous things can happen. You miss out on the power of God. You end up living a powerless life. You miss out on the wisdom of God. You end up making foolish choices. You miss out on the freedom of God. You end up living in bondage to sin and brokenness. So how do we train ourselves? How do we condition ourselves to think of the Holy Spirit as a person instead of an impersonal force? How do we do that? Well, I'm going to give you three things you can do this week. You can even start today. Here are three things that you can do this week to help reinforce in you and remind you that the Holy Spirit is a person. First, think about the Holy Spirit. The truth is, some of you don't really even think much about the Holy Spirit. I'm guilty of that for sure. My church history doesn't involve a whole lot of Holy Spirit-focused churches. And so the Spirit doesn't come naturally to me in my thoughts and my prayers. But that's something you can do. All you have to do is just go Google Holy Spirit verses and just start reading what the Bible has to say about the Holy Spirit. Read the book of Acts. If you want to go into any book of the Bible to read about the Holy Spirit, go to the book of Acts. Because the Holy Spirit is actually the most important character, the most important person in that book. It's not Peter, Paul, no, none of those. It's the Holy Spirit. Next is talk. Talk about the Holy Spirit. That was a really new thing for me a number of years back when I decided that I wanted a deeper understanding of the Spirit was just to even talk to my wife and even listen to what she thinks about the Holy Spirit and share what I think about the Holy Spirit. You don't even have to be right. Just talk. Talk about the Holy Spirit to someone. Share with someone your thoughts. Listen to their thoughts. Maybe even in just a couple minutes, you can share what the Holy Spirit said to you today. And lastly, is pray to the Holy Spirit. Did you know that you could pray to the Holy Spirit? You can pray to the Father, you can pray to Jesus as the Son, and you can pray to the Holy Spirit. And next week we're going to talk about the things the Holy Spirit does. And so you'll know how to pray. In fact, I'm going to provide for you some actual prayers you can read off about the things the Holy Spirit does with you and in you and for you. So you can pray to the Holy Spirit. That was something I started, I introduced in myself, in my own prayers about three or four years ago. And it was a little weird at first, I'll admit, because I'm used to praying to Jesus and the Father. But there's something about praying to the Spirit that feels different. So if you believe in Jesus, God's Spirit lives in you. 
and you can talk to him. So what do you need to do this week to build your relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit? What do you need to do this week? Good answer. Think, talk, and pray. There you go. Right. Let me pray for us, and then we're going to shift into our time of sharing. Father God, we thank you for your, th your role throughout time with the Israelites, the disciples, the early church, and us today. Jesus Christ, thank you for your gift of forgiveness by dying on the cross. And Holy Spirit, thank you that you are the gift of Jesus in us, that you, you reside in all believers. And we can pray to you, and you can speak to us, and you can lead us, Holy Spirit. And we recognize you as a person. Help us believe that, Lord. Help us live that out in our faith, even this week. So Holy Spirit, be real to us. Speak to us. Reveal your truth. Illuminate the difficult things of God. Share with us your wisdom from the Father. So thank you, Holy Spirit. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.